weeks ago, I'm driving to work and I stop at a traffic light. I'm driving, for those of you who know who are local, I'm driving down South Road and I stop at the Honeypot Road lights. Now, if you're listening online, you've no idea where that is. South Road's a major road that heads uh, south from where we are now. Um, Honeypot Road's a, a, a small side road um, that ends in a T-junction on South Road. So I'm stopped there at the traffic lights. Uh, it's early morning. There's not many people around. There's three or four cars at the Honeypot Road lights waiting to turn right onto South Road. Car pulls up next to me. It's a two-lane road. Pulls up next to me, uh, which is all fine. I think nothing of it. I sit there waiting patiently. The lights are red. The three or four cars uh, go. Um, they, uh, they turn right, head down into South Road. The three or four cars have gone. There's... There's no other cars coming. And the lights are still red. And the car next to me just drives off. Just, I'm kid, I kid you not, just straight through the red light, the light that's been red for ages is still red. The car next to me just drives off. Doesn't speed, just drives off and just keeps driving casually down South Road. And there's a part of me, uh, there was an inside, I didn't say anything out loud, but there's an inside part of me screaming, what are you, like it's a red light, what are you doing? You can't drive now. Uh, it's a red light, you have to stop. And then there was this other little part of me that started to whisper, well, the road is clear and there's no one around. There was no one behind me as far as I could see and I've got really good visibility down Honeypot Road. I can see that there's no one coming. Maybe I could just drive off too, you know? Don't panic, don't send me letters I, and emails. I didn't drive off. I, didn't, I patiently waited uh, for, the, for the lights to go green and I drove off. But there was that little voice inside me. You know what I mean? You know, you know that voice that started to go, well, actually, it, it is safe to drive now. Like, you know, and that's what red lights are for, aren't they? They're for our safety. So I can see that there's no cars coming. There's no risk in me driving off. And there was no one else around. There was no one, as I said, behind me or in front of me. There was certainly no police cars around. And that little part of me started to think, you know, there'd be nothing wrong with just driving just this once, you know, and, and going on my way. We have a word for those thoughts in our minds, don't we? And the word is temptation. We have a word for those, those thoughts. word is temptation. The dictionary definition of temptation are thoughts or ideas that attract us to do something, that create a desire in us. And sometimes temptation comes in the thoughts and the words of other people. And we all know that. Someone says, dear, come on. It'll be fun. Just this once. Come on, you can do it. But often the voice of temptation is that inner voice that we hear inside our own minds. The little voice like I heard at the traffic lights that day that says, no one will know. You know, it's okay. I mean, everyone else does it, don't they? It's not really that bad anyway, is it? Those inner voices of temptation. We're in a series that we're calling Overcomer. And we're trying to be as honest as we can and talk about life and talk about some of the challenges that most of us, many of us, experience in life. We're talking about things like fear and doubt and anxiety and failure and temptation. 
and recognising that sometimes those things are just temporary. They're just thoughts or ideas or things that hit us on a day. But sometimes we find those things come again and again and again into our lives. And there are, there are some times in our lives where those things, they sort of change from being something that's just happening to me today that's something that's happening to me what feels like all the time and they change from being something that are okay and I'll get over this and they become something that we feel like overcome us. Something that not we're overcoming but something that overcomes us. And sometimes temptation is just an idle thought like I had at the red lights that day. I'm not usually someone who drives through red lights and I didn't that day. It's just an idle thought that passes through your mind. But sometimes those thoughts become powerful in our minds, don't they? Sometimes those thoughts become something of a driving force in our life and they cease to become something that just circle around in our mind and they become a powerful force, an almost irresistible force in our life that drive us toward action and, and we, they, they become something that we feel like we almost can't control. I'm, I, I'm driven towards something. That voice of temptation uh, is, is so powerful in our mind and, and our minds start to feel like and sound like a battlefield with the voices arguing and speaking backwards and forwards in our own minds. And some of us know what life's like when the greatest struggles in our lives, the biggest challenges in our lives, aren't about our work. They're not about trying to master a particular skill. They're not about relationships. But sometimes the greatest struggles and challenges in our lives happen right inside our minds. Fighting the voices of temptation that are swimming around in our minds. And sometimes those voices stop being a whisper and they start becoming a shout. And sometimes that shout starts to become a scream and sometimes that scream of temptation becomes so deafening in our lives that it becomes something we're almost unable to stop, something we're almost unable to overcome. That's what temptation can be like. It can just be that thing that sits there, doesn't it? That just looks at you. And no one was thinking about massive chocolate donuts before. <laughs> but now it's the only thing you're thinking about, isn't it? And temptation is like that, isn't it? All of a sudden something happens, a little thought in our minds, and now... There's all sorts of things going around in your mind about this enormous... I did not even know they made chocolate donuts that big, some of you are thinking. Others of you are thinking, what's going to happen with that after the message? Some of you are thinking, what's going to happen to that during the message? I can see someone in the second row thinking, could I sneak up and get that while he's talking and no one would notice, you know? My guess is when it comes to temptation, what I'm talking about now... Everyone knows what I'm talking about, don't we? Mm -hmm. And maybe it's food. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's sex. Maybe it's porn. Maybe it's a habit that we're really trying to sort of overcome. Maybe it's a habit that we're trying to start in our life. Exercise, Bible reading, you know, those sorts of things. I really want to do this thing. 
but the voices of temptation. We don't like to admit these things. We don't like to admit the temptations in our lives. Most of us certainly don't like talking to them. Uh, We definitely don't like talking about them in church, right? But I want to tell you this morning, the good news is that if you've ever struggled with temptation, if you're sitting here this morning struggling with temptation, and I'm not just talking about chocolate donuts, I'm talking about, you know, the real stuff. I want to tell you that you are not alone. And you're certainly not alone when it comes to people of faith. If we pick up our Bibles, as we've been doing uh, each week in this series, pick up our Bibles and starting to look at what the Bible says about this, the one thing you'll notice as uh, you skim through the Bible is that temptation is all over the Bible. There are all sorts of stories of people facing temptation. Temptation. Some of them are small things, some of them are large things, some of them are once-off things, some of them are life-defining temptations. And some of those stories are positive stories where people overcome a temptation and they, uh, they're sort of stories of people living in, in strength and in confidence and in victory because they've overcome a temptation. But often they're sad stories of people who don't overcome temptation but rather give in to temptation and sometimes they're really sad stories of people whose lives are literally wrecked by giving in to temptation and I want this morning to be as practical as we can I want to teach you some really practical steps that we can learn from scripture from the lives of people in scripture about how we can overcome temptation but before we do that I just want to make a couple of uh, sort of observations if you like about temptation from Scripture, about temptation from the lives of people in Scripture that, that hopefully will help us really understand a little more about temptation before we start talking about how we can overcome temptation in our lives. And the first thing I want to say about temptation that we learned from Scripture is that temptation comes to everyone. Uh, temptation is very equal opportunity. Um, you know, temptation comes to weak people, it comes to strong people, it comes to poor people, it comes to rich people. And sometimes we live with this idea that, well, only weak people get tempted. I don't know if you've ever thought that or heard that. Sometimes we think that only bad people get tempted or only young people get tempted or only, you know, whatever kind of people get tempted. But one of the things that you learn uh, and that we see in the life of Scripture is that everyone gets tempted. Young people, old people, rich people, poor people, strong people, weak people, everyone gets tempted. Uh, Paul explains it to the Corinthian church when he writes a letter to them. He explains it like this. He says, so if you think you are standing firm, right? If you think you're going all right, you've got this under control, be careful that you don't fail. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to all mankind. Right, The temptations that you think, it's just me. These are the temptations that go through the minds of everyone. No temptation has overcome you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. So when you are tempted, he will also provide you with a way out so that you can endure it. The writer of Hebrews reminds us that, do you know what? Even Jesus was tempted. 
And sometimes we think, oh, Jesus was perfect. He would never have had those thoughts. He would never have had those things go through his mind, happen in his life. Even Jesus was tempted. He writes it like this in uh, the letter that he writes. Uh, He writes, for we do not have a high priest. That's another uh, word for another descriptor for Jesus in, uh, in the New Testament. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize Oh, let me try that again. Who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. We have a high priest who's been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. In fact, you can read about, uh, there's a whole story, a whole encounter Uh, just specifically around Jesus being tempted. Uh, If you're taking notes, you can read about it in Luke chapter 4 or Matthew chapter 4. It's actually titled in most Bibles, it's got a title written in it uh, called The Temptation of Jesus. And what I want you to hear this morning is there's no sin in being tempted. Temptation comes to everybody. Temptation is normal. You should feel okay about it. You should accept it. In fact, you should expect it because temptation comes to everyone. That's the first principle we learn from Scripture. The second principle we learn is that temptation to sin comes from Satan and not from God. People get confused uh, about this real easy. And, and, and part of the confusion for that is that in Scripture, the word for tested and the word for tempted are the same word. And so people get confused because you can pick up different uh, versions of the Bible, different translations of the Bible, and in some verses you'll see the word tempted, and in other uh, uh, you know, versions of the same scripture, the same verse, you'll see the word tested. God does test people. God does test people, but God never tempts people to sin. James writes it this way. Uh, he says, When you're tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. God tests our faith. It's Satan who tempts us to sin. God tests us in order to prove that we're faithful. It's Satan who tempts us in order to prove us a failure. And it's really important to understand that difference when you're in the middle, when you've got those thoughts and when you've got those words and ideas going around in your mind. It's God who will test you to prove that you are faithful, but it's Satan who will tempt you because he wants you to fail. God never tempts you to sin. So if temptation comes to everyone... If temptation comes from Satan and comes from God, what can we do about it? How can we overcome it? And here's where it gets uh, slightly, uh, well, I won't say tricky, but a little trickier than normal because there's no one really easy story in the Bible that tells you exactly what to do about temptation. There's no one story, there's no one person that we can look at and say, look, we can just read these verses and here it is. But there's lots of references, there's lots of references throughout the Bible uh, that encourage individuals and encourage churches. And right throughout history, lots of people have gone through those references and they've pulled together things, uh, things that help us to overcome temptation. 
And in fact, if you do a, a Google search, if you just Google, you can try this at home, just Google search overcoming temptation. You'll see that there are dozens of books that people have written. There are hundreds of websites. There are thousands of articles helping people to overcome temptation. Um, people have written books like Overcoming Temptation, Four Steps to Spiritual Victory. Uh, or this one, Victory, A Seven-Step Strategy to Overcoming Temptation. And lots of these things are good. I've read a bunch of them uh, in the last few weeks in preparation for this. Um, a lot of them are good, but lots of them are fairly long and complicated. You know, and they've pulled together all these things and you end up you know, with a seven-step strategy and you do this and you do this and you do this and you do this. And so as I've been reading through a bunch of these lists and importantly reading through the scriptures and the stories and the things that sit behind those lists... I want to suggest to you, uh, I'm a fairly simple kind of guy, so I want to suggest to you what I think is probably the simplest approach to overcoming temptation because I think you can take all of these lists and all of these five steps and seven steps and 12 steps and 17 steps and I think you can boil them down to three. I think there are three core things, three key things uh, that people who want to follow God, people who want to live God's way can do to overcome temptation in their life. And the first is this is to build a strong relationship with God in your life. I want you to imagine that there's a really difficult obstacle course just outside today. Really tough obstacle course. And I come to you and I say, I'm going to attempt the obstacle course in a moment. I'm going to go out there and attempt to get through the obstacle course. And I say, what do you think my chances are, excuse me, of getting through the obstacle course? Now... You might look at me and you might make all sorts of guesses about that. But one thing you might say is, well, Matt, it, it really depends how fit and how strong you are. You know, your chances of getting through the obstacle course are really affected by how fit and how strong you are. And you, you might ask me, you might say, look, do you exercise? Do you go to the gym? Do you eat well? Do you look after yourself? Because if you do those things, if you eat well and exercise and look after yourself, there's more chance that you are fit enough and strong enough to get through the obstacle course. And I want to tell you this morning that reading scripture, that reading our Bibles, and I don't mean just, you know, a verse a day as you run to brush your teeth, but actually sitting with scripture and allowing it to kind of seep into your minds and seeping into your hearts. That praying regularly... And again, I don't mean, dear Jesus, help me pass this test. But I mean actually sitting with God in prayer, just having a conversation with Jesus, listening as well as talking. That Bible reading and prayer are for a Christian person like diet and exercise are for someone who wants to get fit and strong. That if you want to get fit and strong, if you want to get through that obstacle course, there are lots of ways that you can eat well. There are lots of ways uh, that you can exercise. But anyone who wants to be fit and strong and healthy, there's always going to be some part of diet and exercise in that path, isn't there? Different diets, different... And I want it in the Christian life... Prayer and Bible reading are the same. There are lots of ways that you can pray. There are lots of ways that you can get into Scripture. But if you want to be spiritually strong, if you want to be spiritually strong enough to deal with the temptation and the voices that are going to come your way, that prayer and Bible reading are going to be in there somewhere. 
They're going to be a regular uh, and habitual part of your life, just like eating healthy and exercising out of someone who wants to be physically healthy. Massive chocolate donuts uh, are just set aside for this part of the message, you know what I'm saying? Because let's face it, we wish there was a silver bullet, don't we? We wish there was an easy... We wish that I could stand up here and say, look, if you read this scripture three times a day, that's it, you'll never be tempted again. Just like we wish that there was a silver bullet for being fit and strong, don't we? I don't want to eat healthy and I don't want to exercise each day. Just, just give me some tablet, you know, one, one tablet that I can take a day and I'm fit. But like, we know life doesn't work like that, does it? It doesn't work like that in the physical space and it doesn't work like that in the spiritual space. There's no shortcuts. If you want to overcome temptation in your life, you need to be spiritually fit and strong and healthy. And that just comes through the daily habits of being with God in prayer, of being soaked in the word in scripture. As you build your life around a strong relationship with Jesus, your ability to fight temptation increases and grows little bit by little bit, day by day. Building a strong relationship with Jesus is the first key in overcoming temptation in your life. The second key is to run. To run. To run as fast as you can in the opposite direction to temptation. When the Apostle Paul is an old man, he writes a letter to Timothy, who's a young leader, a young Christian that he's sort of mentoring. Um, We've got a copy of the letter. It's the, well, a couple of letters he wrote, um, the letters of 1 and 2 Timothy in your Bible. They're literally letters that Paul wrote to Timothy. And he includes all sorts of advice for this young guy about how he can live a productive and effective and a godly life. Here's one of the things that he writes to Timothy. He says, Timothy, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace. He says to him, flee the evil desires of youth. Don't stand and fight, flee, run away. Paul's saying, Timothy, when you see temptation coming, I want you to run in the other direction. He's saying quite simply, avoid the places and the spaces in your life where temptation you know will come at you. Really practically, what he's saying is, if you struggle with porn, don't sit up late at night alone on your computer. Really practically, he's saying, if you struggle with alcohol, don't catch up with your mates at the pub. Catch up with them somewhere else. If you struggle to control spending money, don't say to your girlfriends, sure, I'll go out for a day shopping with you. Go out for a day somewhere else. Do other things as well. You know, cut up your credit cards, put a block on your, uh, you know, on how much you can spend, those sorts of things. But uh, practically what he's saying is when you know there are things in your life that are going to tempt you, when you know that being with a person or being in a space or doing certain things are going to be a temptation for you, Paul's just saying, just don't be there. Run as fast as you can in the other direction. Know where temptation comes from and stay far away. 
When you see temptation coming, don't think, I'm strong, I can fight this off. Run in the other direction. Building a strong relationship with Jesus, fleeing from temptation is the second key to overcoming temptation. And the third is don't tackle it alone. The third key is to get help. Don't fight temptation on your own. Share with trusted friends. Emphasis on trusted. Share with the trusted friends or trusted friends, people who can keep you accountable. Let others help you in the fight. I have a friend that I often catch up with over a game of pool. Uh, we're not good pool players, um, but we go to a local pool hall uh, after tea one night and um, you know, we hit some pool balls around and importantly we talk. They're really great times. The catch for us is that uh, the local pool hall is a really popular place for young couples to go on dates. Right? And that means that as well as us playing pool in the pool hall, there are lots of young girls in the pool hall. I'm trying to be kind of honest here. There are lots of young girls in the pool hall that are dressed to impress. Right? Without getting too graphic, the whole kind of you know, bending over a table uh, uh, you know, to play pool means that it's easy to look. And guys who are sitting in the place this morning know what I'm talking about. So my friend and I have had a really honest conversation about the temptation that exists in the pool hall. And we've talked about what we can do about it. We've talked about making sure that, well, if there's a young couple on that table over there, that we stand on that side of the table so that we're looking in this direction. We've talked about looking in other places. And we'll keep one, I know this sounds like, but we'll keep one another accountable in that. Here's, my, here's the point in this. This is not... a conversation about the pool. The, the point I'm trying to make is that this friend and I have had an honest and open, accountable conversation about temptation so that we're not standing against that temptation on our own. I've now got a trusted friend that's looking out for me and my friend's got a trusted friend that's looking out for him. And as long as we're being honest, let's be honest, Many of us are too embarrassed to say to our friends, you know what, I really struggle with this. Many of us are too embarrassed to say to our parents or to our children or to our brothers and sisters, you know what, I, I, I actually struggle with that. I actually get tempted by that. I actually have crazy thoughts in my head about this or about that. So we tell no one and we fight these things on our own. And the truth is, and many of us know it, is that when we struggle on our own and fight on our own, we often lose, don't we? Mm. There's another advantage to, uh, to bringing others into the struggle and to not fighting alone, and that is that when you do mess up, and we all mess up, right? No one's perfect. We all mess up with temptation from time to time. Is that when you do bring others in, You've got someone that you can confess to when you mess up, when you sin, when you make a mistake. You've got someone to confess to. You've got someone who can help you on the path to forgiveness and to restoration and to reconciliation. Uh, James tells us, he says, uh, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. 
James chapter 5, verse 16. Paul writes to the, Corinthians, uh, to the Galatians, rather. He writes, brothers and sisters, if someone's caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. And I want to say to you today, there's no bonus points for struggling against temptation on your own. There's no bonus points for saying, I did it on my own, I did it my way. Struggling often only leads to failure. And I know it's really awkward. I mean, it's, you, some of you are sitting there thinking it's awkward. He's talking about this in the first place. Uh, I know it's really awkward to talk to your friends about what you're struggling with. I know it's really awkward to talk about temptation. I know it's really embarrassing to talk about the ways that you fail and the ways that you mess up. It's really embarrassing to think that, well, my friends might know that that's what I do late at night or that's what goes on in my head. But I promise you this, and I know this from my own experience and I know many of you do too, that it's far better to live with the awkwardness and the embarrassment than it is to live with the failure of giving in to that temptation. It's far better to live with the awkwardness and the embarrassment of knowing that my friends know that about me than it is to have that temptation wreck your life, really wreck your life, and have to tell your friends then. Letting others help you in your fight against temptation is the third key to overcoming temptation. They are the three keys that we see repeated in Scripture uh, and repeated from the authors of Scripture time and time and time again. And I get this isn't easy to talk about, right? I mean, like most of the things that I talk about when I stand up here, this isn't easy for me either, right? I'm not standing here talking to you as somebody who says, well, I never get tempted. And it's easy to listen to a message like this with our outside ears. You know, your outside ears, they're the ones that you can just listen to and nothing changes on the inside. But I want to tell you, and you all know this anyway, that the only way temptation and your ability to change temptation, the only way uh, to overcome temptation, the only way that that changes is if you stop listening with your outside ears and you start listening with your inside ears. That you start listening to a message like this with the ears of your heart. That you start listening to this with the ears that allow you to be open and to be vulnerable before yourself and before God and before others. Because the really sad truth is, the really sad truth is, many of us would rather look okay than be okay. That we're more worried about how we look than actually how we're going on the inside. And as long as my friends and my family and the people at work and the people at school and uni, as long as I look okay to them on the outside... I could live with the mess on the inside. And the story of overcoming temptation, friends, is that we have to change that. We have to be willing, we have to take a risk to look a bit messy on the outside so that we can be honest before God and before ourselves and be honest before others in a way that we need to, to get right on the inside and to overcome the challenges on the inside.
And some of you know churches are no different. Don't think that, you know, people in church, they're all okay, you know. Churches are full of people who sing the songs, that get together and talk about how good the week's been. They might pray for someone who's sick. And on the inside, the voices of temptation are eating them up. And some of you know what it's like to sit in church and to feel a bit like an imposter and a bit like a fraud. Because there's a voice in your mind that says, if people knew what's going on on the inside of me, do you know what I mean? People see the hands raised and the worship on the outside. I'm glad they don't see what's going on on the inside. I'm glad they don't hear the voices of temptation and they don't hear the fight and the struggle and the battle that goes on inside my mind and inside my heart. And I want to tell you, friends, today, it doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to live that way. We're not called to live that way. We are called to be overcomers, not because we're any good, but because we have the Spirit of God living inside us. Not because we've got it all together, but because the church is supposed to be a community of people, a family of people who walk the journey with one another, who walk alongside one another, who support one another through the challenges and the trials and the struggles and the inner voices that want to wreck our life. It doesn't have to be that way. Temptation happens to everyone. You're not alone. Those voices are not just going on in your head. Temptation isn't God trying to trick you up. It's not God trying to say, there, got you. Temptation is the voice of Satan in your life who wants to see you fail. And that's not what God wants for you. There is a way to overcome temptation. And it begins with you building a strong relationship with God and being connected with God daily, regularly, in a way that says, God, come and fill me because I can't do this on my own. This is not about me. This is about me being filled with the Spirit of God that can help me overcome these things. It begins with building a strong relationship with God. It's about running from temptation. It's about having the courage to say, I'm not going to put myself in that place. I'm not going to be surrounded by those people. I'm not going to go there and do that. I'm going to run, as Paul says, flee from temptation. I'm going to run in the other direction as far and as fast as I can. And lastly, I'm not going to fight this alone. I'm going to have the honesty and the vulnerability and maybe even today's the day for some of you and we gather in groups in a minute to say out loud to someone, this is what I struggle with. I'm just being honest. There's no sin in the temptation. Everyone's tempted. Even Jesus is tempted. And I'm not going to fight alone anymore. I'm going to share with trusted friends or a trusted friend. Because the result, the result is moving from a life of secrecy and pain and struggle and is moving toward a life that is characterised by honesty and openness and ultimately by freedom. Ultimately by freedom. And that, that's worth the battle to overcome temptation.